Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. Welcome back to Masters of Modern Light. Your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the circus. Welcome to the fair. It's live. The history it's of, so ma- live. of the history of magic. This is being filmed in front of a live studio audience. Yes, we, we do. We that now. Yeah. We have a special guest. We do. Hello. Back for a second offense, I guess. Yeah. John Penrod here from MTG Pro Tutor. Thanks, guys, yeah. for having me back. You're yeah. welcome. So this is kind of like the other side of your podcast experience ish because the first one we did a pro tour preview being that you're the guy from pro tutor and now we're doing a lore episodes seeing that you have a lore podcast thing you're trying to put together that's true yeah, yeah so so quickly before we get into all of our uh, shenanigans shout outs and story uh your your lore story is something you were trying to do like a full-on pro retelling of the magic story with actors with a pro studio sound effects the whole deal so that people could get really stoked on actually learning the history we're going to do like a, a, a verbal history an oral history, if you will, of, uh, of magic yeah, so and make the story. sure everyone get your, your smoking pipes, put on your smoking jackets, <laughs> yes. get surrounded by leather-bound books of fancy varieties, and get yeah. ready to listen. Yeah, so basically, if you guys listen to this and you're like, oh, this was cool, wouldn't it be cool if there was an actual audiobook version of this, like an actual retelling with pro actors? This is still something that's on the table. They're still funding. Uh, it's, it's a little short of it now, but... If you guys love the story and you do want to hear that, there's a great opportunity at the end of this to go and visit, and Sean will talk all about that at the end of the podcast. Uh, so, you know, if you like this and you like that sort of thing, then that's what you should do. And then there's more things yeah. we're going to say now, too. Yeah, yeah. Which are, <laughs> we're on Twitter. Uh, we're yeah. the, Ma- the Masters of Modern Podcast. We have the, At the MMCast. Yep, and we have a sister podcast. The Command Zone. Also on rocketjump.com, just like us. Um, that's cool. And then also the last thing is that we're all personally on Twitter. I'm Ben Bateman Media. I am at Kess Wiley. And I am at Sean Penrod. But that's S-H-A-U-N for those wondering because I was mistaken. I misspelled it. Um, And then, of course, we have a microphone you hear us through, and it's a blue mic. And uh, we bought it because you guys on Patreon. Yeah, this is for the live cast. So last time we did it, and you can actually go see on YouTube because that's where it's posted. The audio is awful. Terrible. It's like real bad. (laughs) But... Because, you know, Patreon's supporting us, and they're the ones that helping us accomplish this live feed. We decided to spend some of that funds to buy some sweet sweet mics for the, the plug into the computer so that we have double computer sound. Yep. Um, people complaining for your eardrums. Hopefully that I figured out how to lower the sound so it's not hurting your ears as much. Let me know if that's a problem still. Yeah, and so, uh, so going forward, uh, that's exactly the kind of thing you'll see if you do go and support the Patreon. Obviously, there's various levels of commitment. Some of them allow you to be part of live deck techs where you submit like your ideas and then we, we read them and we critique your deck ideas live on the podcast. We do that once a month. There's live audio messages that you want to record to share with the community. We read those. Um, there's going to be a forum we're going to be launching at some point in the future, additional video content, and of course, sure. the swag box, which is uh, essentially... Uh, a set amount you pay each month to have a personalized Masters of Modern product that we design and then send to you. Right. Uh, and that's kind of what we have going right now. We'll yeah. do some merch in the future and stuff too. Yeah, and, and, so, and so far, you know, we, we sent out play mats. We sent out, um, like, so like our, and actually I think by the end of this episode, you're going to have to answer what your favorites are. But me and Ben each have our two favorite cards. Ben's our Spellskite and Grand Architect. Mine are Vengevine and Geist of St. Traft. And so we sent out four Geist foils and four Grand Architects signed 
for the second month. And then this month, the month that just ended, we're yeah. sending out some... Because, uh, you know, we're all about making sure you're hydrated. We did a whole episode about tournament hydration, Yeah, basically. tournament preparation and all and, that. And so we're sending out... Uh, you get two Masters of Modern-themed metal... T- like Yeah, like aluminum-branded water bottles. Yeah. Um, so we're going to we're gonna send those out. And in fact, uh, it's quite possible that if you're attending GPLA, you will... If you have paid into that month, you'll get them in time to, to use them at the GP. Yeah. Um, and in fact... Well, I'm going to give like 50 high fives to anyone I see like, you know, it'll be a highlight of the weekend. So many if somebody has one of those with them. So, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, and speaking of GPLA, so GPLA is coming up in two weeks yep. and we're not exactly sure what exactly we're going to be doing, but make sure to stay tuned to the Twitter, to our Facebook, which is at facebook.com slash the MM cast. Yep. Uh, cause we'll be starting to post, especially the week before that, a lot more information on what we're going to try and accomplish for that tournament. Cause it's going to be sweet. Yeah. We're definitely going to do something cool. There'll be like some sort of physical interactive type of thing we're doing with people so uh, yeah keep stay tuned for that because it'll be fun to hang out with some of you guys and, and do something yeah. so we'll let you know just just go to the twitter and you'll know exactly what's going on uh without further ado we should get into the story of magic and i'm i'm i don't know what's going on here the story behind this is that kessler at one point was like do you guys want to hear the story of magic and i was like no no well, we don't the story behind that is <laughs> i asked you multiple times like oh we could do a story episode tonight and you're like no i was always uh, like i was always like maybe like as a bonus episode on another podcast that i'm not involved with ever no um but people were like we really want to hear the lore episode and like look i'm gonna be honest with you guys i think this stuff is pretty sweet like i like history of i like like history and i also really enjoy game of thrones and i really really enjoy fantasy novels and i'm a huge comic book reader so like nerd there's no reason i won't <laughs> like this i think i'm just stubborn and resistant to change well i think also in your defense you started playing magic in the early days and like mad magic storytelling in specific eras has been pretty mediocre are you going to talk about gerard capuchin today i actually don't i kind of like that <laughs> the whole the whole tempest block stuff yeah. is fine but i think like all this stuff with uh, kamal yeah it's like like he's like a pit fighter, and then Fist of and some stuff happens. I don't. We don't have to get into that. And yeah. all the stuff Cabal with uh, Cabal like all of the like. Yeah. There was like a period of time where like the stories would be very inherent to just that block. Right. So like Lauren Block's story is like very in depth and all about like these characters that haven't been relevant since. If you look at like um, is Time Spiral Block, like interesting, or is it like Time Spiral Block is sick? Really? So that because what Time Spiral Block is kind of like. Uh, you know, and Crisis of Infinite Earths in comic oh, yeah, books yeah, where okay. they like reset the rules and everything mm. in the universe so that right. they could actually tell a real story. And so that's where, and then they kind of like touch upon all the characters. So that's kind of a good starting point. Well, because there's all that, like I love, if you guys listen to this podcast, you know that I love Time Spiral Block and I like a lot of the legends from Time Spiral. So Joy of the Gitu and Ithai Arcanist and Mishra Artificer Prodigy. And like, these are all cards that I really, really like. Radha, Erta Keld. Like, these are all the well, legends. So a lot of those are like legends from old stories yeah. that never got cards. Yeah. Um, but the main thing that they did, and it's really relevant to kind of the story from that point on, is before that point, Planeswalkers were gods. Right. They literally, literally Karn created Mirrodin for funsies. Right. <laughs> so, but what that did was it made it so these characters were much more relatable that you could actually tell stories about, and they gave us the Neo Planeswalkers. Got it. Basically, Dominaria was being overrun by all of this time warpage, I guess is the best word to come up with. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. There we go. Right. Uh, um, and like all the planeswalkers had to like give up their spark or something yeah. to like fix everything. So then there became slightly less god ish. Yeah. So like all these, and like the, it's kind of been the main relevant point for a lot of these character arcs, but basically planeswalkers lost all their powers. Right. That's why, you know, Soren killing Avacyn in the most recent set, spoilers. Uh, what, what, what? <laughs> Soren killed um, Avacyn? 
Yeah, it's like oh, on the God. card. The like uh, the, the I just read vindicate. them. I just read them. The Ang- art on anguish, the anguish unmaking, unmaking yeah. where you lose three life. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. like sword like the game day killings, top eight promo. Yeah, but like there's a lot of things that happen on cards that like don't actually happen the way they're perceived. Ah, but now yeah, they important. do. Yeah, yeah they changed that. Yeah, oh. yeah. When they added the double design or uh, story team, we'll get to that in a second. But the point is, is that. Sorin was able to make Avacyn when he was a godlike planeswalker. I see. Karn was able to create Mirrodin when he was a godlike planeswalker. Okay. Liliana didn't need to make a deal with demons because she was immortal forever just because okay. she was a planeswalker. But then once the whole time shift happened in Time Spiral Block, Liliana became mortal. Nicol Bolas no longer was the most powerful thing in the world, in the, in the multiverse. And Sorin... You know, is now just a regular old fancy planeswalker. So let's. Or newfangled so why don't we do this? Because I'm listening, and I and I I like all the characters, and I like what's going on. But what I want to know is, I'm somebody who basically I could tell you like I think I know some of these characters because I've seen them on cards. Some cards sure. I like more than others, and like there's people who I'm like, oh, I think I know who that dude is. But like, oh, I've seen him in two different colors, and he looks different here. And then I'm also obviously it's a little more clear with the planeswalkers. They've done a good job with that because that's pretty much all that matters now. So, like, all the characters, the other ones, are somewhat important, but for the most part, the Planeswalkers yeah, are the only characters the whole you story need to keep track now. of. So, I, get, I totally understand that. Yeah. My point is sort of like, you're like, who's Sarkon? And I'm like, well, I know the best version of him, because it's the sweetest card. I know that, like, he's these colors then, or he's these colors then, and I can kind of get an idea. You know, for instance, like, okay, uh, Garrick Relentless, right. right? Like, that makes sense to me. It's pretty clear that, like, the backside, he's, like, tormented and kind of evil versus, like, the previous one, he's, like, a little more good, I think. So what I want to know is, if I'm, somebody who, I, if I'm somebody who kind of, like, knows nothing. <laughs> You're like Jon Snow status. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm somebody who kind of knows nothing, like, you, oh, don't worry. As we're talking, like, I'll be able sure. to jump and fill in blanks because, like, I've played Magic long enough to, right. and, and, and kind of paid attention to the story. But to take me from the beginning. If you were explaining this to somebody who really had no idea, they hadn't ever even looked at the cards. They literally sure. had never looked at the cards. Where would you start? I would start the villains. That's okay. kind of where I start everything. It's how the better superhero movies are done. I okay. guess the one way to start is to point out that superhero movies were doing really well yep. for the last, since Marvel started. Wizards decided, you know what? We want to try and maybe make an attempt to get a movie made of our property. Right. The stories that were currently being told uh, don't really fit in a way that studios would be interested for it because it's not a continuous story. It's all about random characters that don't matter the next year. It's hard to show a continuation. And our main characters are these godlike beings that nothing's good about. That's why Time Spiral Block happened. That's why they decided to start making these Planeswalker cards that carry over year to year main characters of the story and the people we follow because they literally were making their own version of superheroes. So when they made Time Spiral Block, what you're saying is the idea was we're going to do a Crisis on Infinite Earths, we're going to reboot, and that's going to be followed up by Lorwyn, which, which housed the first five Planeswalkers. Correct. The next year, we had the first five Planeswalkers. And they were originally supposed to be in Time Spiral Block. Got it. They weren't fully ready with the designs of the cards up to that. Like, they weren't fully comfortable with the design they came up would with, they have so premiered, they waited a year Would they have premiered in Future Sight, do you think, if that was the case? Well, if you actually look at Tarmogoyf, Tarmogoyf... Yeah. References Planeswalker. Exactly. Right. And that for that reason, like, they were... In the works, they just weren't ready yet. But and same as tri- like Tribal and Planeswalker are both on Tarmogoyf, and both of them literally came out the next year. Which, but that's part of the future site idea. I mean, that that it makes a lot of sense if you're making cards that reference things from the future. If they were going to premiere the initial five Planeswalkers, for those of who are listening, I can at least do this. The first five are Jace Balaran, Chandra Ablaze, uh, nope. what? Chandra Nalar. Chandra Nalar. Uh, <laughs> Liliana, the five mana one. The Liliana. Liliana Vess. Liliana Vess. Uh, 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 it's all their names. Garrick Relentless. Nope. Nope. Wildspeaker. Garrick Wildspeaker. It's their names. <laughs> I'm doing great at this. And then uh, a Johnny 
the format. Gold main. Gold main. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that was a five. But the point is, you named like everyone consistently the second one other than Jace. I just look at this point like the all right whatever. No, it's fine. So so okay. So there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it in the main characters, but the problem is that they basically started adding five new planeswalkers every year for consecutive a couple consecutive years. All right. But if you look at the main villain storylines, you can kind of get a good idea for like the main five storylines of magic right now. Okay. Um, so the, the place I would kind of start is the Phyrexians. Who are they? So the Phyrexians are like magic's original big bad guy. They're basically the Borg, the Borg. meets zombies. Yep. yep. They're like some sort of like metallic zombie. Hive mind. And they want to they want, they want like cover and take over everything. Assimilate. Yeah, yeah. yeah they want to assimilate all to they're their kind of like They're, they're kind of like, kind of like the mimics in uh, Edge of Tomorrow a little bit. Mindless and metallic and just eat uh, everything? Kind of. I would say the mimics have a more Eldrazi feel to them. Oh, gotcha. Personally, okay. I would say these guys are much more... Um, like just like they're the, the virus trope, like zombies are this kind right. of thing. Um, the Borg. Yeah, I think Borgs are really good at parallel. Got it. Okay. They want to take over the universe by making everyone one of them. Right. That's the correct. Super perfected robot people, and that's what they do. They like kill a person, and then you become infected, and then you become a new dude. And the infect mechanic is what kind of belongs to those characters. Got it. Um, Can you? Who are some of the famous Phyrexians, or are there? So the big one is Yagamoth. Okay. So like Yagamoth's bargain, Yagamoth's will, who are like two of the right. most famous old cards. And then if you look at uh, Tomb of Yagamoth, yep, or Urborg Tomb of Yagamoth, which is like maybe the most relevant to modern, um, he was kind of the king of the Eldrazi the first time around. Yeah. And the Eldrazi Phyrexian. originally were like, or sorry, Phyrexian, the team king of the Phyrexians the first time around, and they were very cemented in black at that point. Right. And you had Phyrexian Negator. You had Phyrexian. Right. So who was the who was like the boss? Yagmoth. Yagmoth. That was back. Had then. they ever made a Yagmoth card? Am I forgetting? No, one? they haven't. They never have. So back in the day, they didn't make cards for the main characters of their story. God. How does Elish Norn fit into that? So so the whole plot of what Urza did after he him and his brother fought or whatever. We're not going to get into this and what like all of the. Um, Tempest block stuff with yeah. the the Skyship Weatherlight Sky Weather and draw that's all dealing with Yagmoth. Dealing with the Phyrexians. So they beat them. They beat the Phyrexians. They beat the Phyrexians. But they come back. And every all of them are dead. Except like the way the Phyrexians infect things is it's through like a oily substance. Yeah. That I'm Phyrexians. Glistening oil. Glistening oil. Yeah, that's there we a, go. a reference to it. Yep. So Karn had some of it on him. Yep. But because Karn was a planeswalker. Oh. He he no longer he was able to fight off the because Phyrexians can't take over planeswalkers they can only take over non planeswalkers. In those days, he wasn't yet a planeswalker, or he was. No, when Karn he got infected, he was a he was no longer because he's Karn is the legacy weapon, which is what defeated. Like right. he's all these pieces of this weapon that eventually killed the Phyrexians. He's you're talking about Karn Silvergold. Yes, Karn Silvergold from Urza Saga. Right. Yes, exactly. Okay. And yeah. then he's now the planeswalker card. Back then, he was a planeswalker that got a legendary creature card because they didn't have the type planeswalker. So when they made the card Karn Liberated, what does that represent in his story? So. Karn loses his spark during that time spiral block Got shenanigans. Okay. Ends up on Karn or on Mirrodin, which he made, and then slowly the oil that was now in his body that's no longer being prevented to be him taking over because he's mm. no longer a planeswalker takes over Mirrodin. Mm. That's the plot of New uh, Return to Mirrodin. Return uh, gotcha. Scars of Mirrodin block um, is him like he's basically infected the plane again. And when you get to the end of it in New Phyrexia, he's become this like god creature to the Phyrexians and. Venser, Koth, and Elsbeth find him, and Venser teleports his heart into Karn, oh. killing himself and giving Venser or Karn back his spark. And that's what the Karn liberated planeswalker card is. It's Karn 
liberated from the Phyrexians, now a planeswalker again. And he's like a super, wow. super cool dude who can take on everybody because now he's got a heart. But Venser, by doing that, Venser the Sojourner, yes. uh, he... Is dead. He, he died. Yes. So that's why, why, that's why we that? haven't seen Venser. Because he saved, I mean, he saved Karn, and Karn's kind of like the main deal to save everyone. Here's my theory on what's going to happen here. Next time we go to New Phyrexia. So, like, New Phyrexians can deal with that. Okay. So, Venser's whole deal was he was like a teleportation mage, teleportation mage and a blue, like, scientist. And he was trying to figure out how to make planar portals, which Got is kind of like the way Phyrexians used to get around because they can't play. There was a card called Planar Portal, I believe, from Invasion Block. It's yeah. either that, it's, it's either Invasion what, or Weatherlight. In, invasion is the set is the block about the Phyrexians invasion Got invading it, right. into Demaria. I think it's a six mana card. And wasn't Karn made by Urza, right? Yeah, yeah. Made Karn out of is silver because silver is the only thing that can travel through time. Through time. Yes, because uh, he's a time traveling robot. Look at that Planar Portal, six mana invasion, dead on. You know you've stuff. Yeah, it's a Phyrexian thing. Yep. All right. So. That's kind of the Phyrexian storyline. The main thing that the, what Elish Norn is and what all the Praetors are is the new Phyrexians versus the old Phyrexians, which are like mono black. The new ones were in all five colors. Got it. Um, and each of those colors has a main leader. Uh, there is obviously a vie for who's the best one, especially after Karn left. And I think Elish Norn is numero undo, the one that kind of came up on top. Certainly, cool. she seems like the most powerful. The other four, which are Urabrask, the Hidden, yeah. Vorinselex, the Hidden Hunger or something. The Hunger. The yeah. The hunger, the green one. Yeah. Uh, the black one, or the blue one is the is the legacy one, the reanimator guy. Jin Gataxis. Yep. Or no, he's not reanimator. You lose your hand. Jin Gataxis. I mean, it's only, he's only seen playing legacy reanimator because yeah. you you all opponents discard their hand because their hand side is zero and you now draw seven cards. And the black turn. one is Shieldred the Whisper. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think the red one is technically now like working with the good guys. I don't know. I haven't looked into like the post because the other problem with this era is right. they weren't doing the Uncharted Realms. It was all based on books that were generally right. bad. Right. <laughs> and Scars of Mirror Block specifically had like kind of the least built in book storylines to go along with it. Got it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the Phyrexians. That's okay. kind of what they're about. There's a lot more we can get into if we want to get into later. There is the that's kind of the original magic story and how it's still continuing a little bit today. I would say the other piece to that kind of old era of magic that's still being told is kind of the Nicol Bolas storyline. Okay, this is probably the least developed at this point, hmm. where you just see Nicol Bolas had like some stuff to do when he first showed up during Scars uh, during um in the original you're talking about back no, in no, the day no, no. Legends? Shards of Alara. Okay. When he got so gotcha. Nicol Bolas was in Legends, one of the Elder Dragons was a Planeswalker, and then you know was as godly as all the other one and enjoying how awesomely powerful he was. Then the thing happened, the the mending. Did they ever? So let me ask your you, Crisis so, on Infinite Earths moment. Well, uh, so I, I want to ask really quickly that if unless I'm mistaken, the the classic five were Nicol Bolas, Arcadis Sabbath, Chromium. Oh, I yeah, no, Chromium. Uh, I don't remember the original uh, five. Elder Dragons. Osmati. And I'm forgetting the fifth one, I think. Um, yeah, something. But any, anyway, I think, I think that was the, there's five for original ones. And they're all bad by today's standards. They're like uh, huge, huge, they're like enormous upkeep costs. Like, yeah, but weirdly enough, I think in general, I mean, this is from Commander, so not relevant to modern. It's also not legal in modern. But the Nicol Bolas original card is still pretty decent. It's one of the better Grixis Commander cards. 
sure. generals because when it hits its abilities, when it hits someone, they discard their whole hand, which is just extremely powerful. <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, he's fine. I mean, they're still all like very, very bad by today's standards. And he doesn't. He doesn't have a, a cumulative upkeep. He just you pay three mana every upkeep. Yeah, yeah. So, but so what you're saying is that in the story, they haven't done anything else to make note of Victus Osmati or Chromium or Arcadia Sabbath or the other, these other ones. It was just Nicol Bolas was the only one that they decided to do anything with. Is that correct? So far, yeah. I mean, he's the the big baddie that keeps showing up in some way, shape, or form, and the other ones are kind of... Palladium Wars. That's the fifth obscure. one. Okay. I had that card. So, so something's on this. Urbrask is... This is from Stark Maximum. Urbrask is, in fact, secretly working with the Resistance because... Since the Red Frixians are able to tap into emotions, they're the only ones that feel any degree of empathy. Oh, gotcha. Elish Norn was... This is from Smirti Neveri. I'm not going to read that correctly. He believed that Mirans should be allowed... Uh, sorry. Elish Norn was generally considered the strongest, though Jin Kitaxius and her were consistently at odds with one another. Urbrask did not stop the Mirans from traveling through the furnace level of Mirrodin because of the need to tie to freedom. He believed that the Mirans should be allowed to fight for their freedom, even if it was entirely futile. Got it. Which is super dope in terms of color pie philosophy and Phyrexian lore. Bolas destroyed all the other Elder Dragons. Ah, there you go. That's why you don't That's have any more Bolas is super evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. a bad dude. So... The mending happened. Okay. That's, so, and that's so time spiral. That's time spiral block. So Nicol Bolas loses all of this intergalactic power. You know, what's the line Genie says in Aladdin? Uh, phenomenal he, cosmic power. Yes, he no longer has phenomenal cosmic power. I see. So he, <laughs> he, <laughs> he decides to cause conflicts, which is what the kind of the story in that block is, is that he notices that there's this plane that was shattered into five new planes, and he thinks by bringing them together, the amount of magic that gets expended by that will make him have... Phenomenal cosmic power. I see. Um, so that's the kind of the plot of that. Uh, he right. kills Johnny's brother. That's why Johnny's all, like, vengeant. Ah. Um, we also get... Intru- oh. Yeah, we get He's got the scar on his eye now? Or that he already, he already... He always had that. I don't know. Does he have a scar on his eye? Or am I just confusing him with Scar from the Lion King? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, he might have a scar. You keep talking, I'll try. All right. <laughs> so that happens. This is also when basically he brings into his employ through mind manipulation. I think he completely erases the mind of Tezzeret, uh, who was also introduced in this block, and he basically makes Sarkon go crazy. This is the origin of Sarkon. Got it. And, and where it's relevant kind of moving forward. He totally does lose his eye. I was dead on. Nice. Look, right? That's him. Left eye. Gone. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Look at that. Yeah. yeah, I knew it. All right, it's not going. just the Lion Dead King. Yeah. <laughs> this is a lot of Disney comes into this. Yeah. Um, all right, so <laughs> we're at Nicol Bolas. So Nicol Bolas brings those two po- people into his employ, and that's kind of the last we've seen from him, other than him sending out Tezzeret to the new Phyrexia planet to kind of deal with the Phyrexians and see what's going on there, and him sending Sargon to the Ibugan. Got it. And, and that'll be kind of the last one because that's the current storyline we're going through right now and I'll get to Sarkon in a minute. Okay. The, the, the fourth kind of storyline is basically just surrounding Liliana the Veil. Okay. She's the hero of these, but there's this thing called the Raven Man that we don't know a whole lot about, but he's basically this weird not Planeswalker ghost thing. Got it, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he, pops, he pops up in a recent story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's kind of following Liliana around trying to figure, like, torment her. Torment her? Yep. <laughs> um, and we don't know much about him. He's kind of the setup for what her storyline is going to be moving forward. The other thing is she's also ancient. Liliana is. Liliana is. Gotcha. And she, like Nicol Bolas, like Karn, like all these other guys, when the time-mending stuff happened, 
lost a lot of her power, and so she was immortal, but now she's really, really, really old. So to gain her immortality and her power back, she made a deal with four demons. Yep. Grizzlebrand is one of them. Uh, Nericlicoplex. Uh, he's the, the demon that was in M... Um, 14. Or 15. M15. Or no, no, Magic Origins. The black legendary demon in Magic oh, Origins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I can't Kofaled. say his name. Um, Kofaled? Kofaled, yeah, him. Got it. Uh, so, like, he's one of the demons. There's two other ones that I don't remember their names. Their names are out there, but I don't feel like looking it up because okay. they're and having our cards. The demonic pact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, she's made a demonic pact. Exactly. Also a card. The one yep. that you can lose. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, made these deals, and now she's trying to kill them because she doesn't like having her life threatened by it. And that's how she got the chain veil, which is. Oh, the thing that gives you the extra deal. You get the extra turn, right? You get extra uh, counters on each planeswalker yeah, yeah, when you yeah, tap yeah. it. Um, and basically, it's making her super powerful, but it's also cursed and making her go crazy, and other stuff is happening so, that we haven't figured so out. So let me ask you with Liliana. All right, so Liliana Vest becomes Liliana of the Veil, or at least that's the next iteration yeah, of her. Yeah, that's when she got the, the chain veil. Gotcha. Liliana of the Veil. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so she's more powerful with that, because she's, but she's also going crazy. Yeah, you could argue she's literally the m- most powerful. Right. Legal. <laughs> Legally. Because, because the Chain Veil, clearly, and, and as evidenced well, by Well, because Jace is banned. I'm yeah. saying in modern. Yeah. Oh, in modern? Yeah. Got it. I thought you were just saying in the story. I mean, in the story, I think Nicol Bolas is probably... Karn, Ugin. Because he's basically Unicron from the Transformers All the movie. like eight mana planes <laughs> blockers are better, but yeah. Got Continue. Uh, no, I just was going to say, as evidenced by the fact that in that card, the Chain Veil is like unplayable by modern standards pretty much but like if you're going to just go like on a basic power level it's a very powerful and unique effect that almost sure. you've never gotten so the fact that she has that the ability to do that in the story to some degree makes her well, so, immensely powerful so you mentioned where does it come from the chain veil uh, there's these weird tribe dudes yeah we don't know really the origins it, we yet. know their name basically this tribe of plain people I want to say aliens because it feels like aliens got it created it all their whole society is dead and like all their ghosts are inside okay. of it okay um but the Garrick Relentless, I think. Right. The Garrick that flips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So him flipping, he's not just coming angry. He's being corrupted by the chain veil. Right. Like, Liliana curses him. You can him. see when he's got like some dark stuff on his face and he looks like he's screaming on the backside. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. that's from the chain veil. Got it. So one of the theories for Shadows of Innershot of what's causing all of this madness, the two prime candidates, one is Emrakul, who it's most likely. And then there's the, the slightly less but possible chance is that it's the chain veil. Right. Those are like the two possible options. Like the chain veil in and of itself is causing the madness. Is like, or like is forcing Liliana to like save herself. She's yeah, unleashing I mean, it we'll on the planet. We'll get details on that. But yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 well, that's the last yeah. section we'll once see. we get to the, we're at the 25 mark. mark. All right. Any other comments from the crowd? Who's this Ben Bateman guy? <laughs> what a jackal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Raven Man has been theorized to be possibly Lim Dull of or Yagamoth or of Yagamoth. So like oh, Lim Duel. Duel. I love Lim Duel. That's card. That's yeah. old. Yeah. Lim Duel's vault. Oh, the other demon names for Liliana are Belzenlock. Basically, uh, but Balzamon from uh, Belzenlock and Razaketh are Razaketh. the other two. Liliana is one of the last living pre-mending walkers and likely the most powerful of the main story walkers right behind Soren and Ugin. Here's a, here's a card. Here's a card for, for the folks that probably don't remember this because it's real What's the Anaki of Chandelier? Um, Lim Duel's Vault. You remember this card? This card is sweet. Let me read this. It's like a pseudo-tutor brainstorm all yeah, at once. Yeah, it's weird. Oh. It's an instant. It's blue right. And black. It's a blue and a black. Look at the top five cards of your library. As many times as you choose, you may pay one life to put those cards on the bottom of your library and look at the top five cards of your library. Shuffle all but the top five cards of your library. Put those five on top of your library in any order. So 
you basically get to stack the top five of your deck over and over and over again and put like put if you don't like them just put them on the bottom for one life you don't get a card out of it yeah but it's still sweet it's basically I, I, it's basically I think a I remember tutor sitting that. for minutes on end waiting for somebody to resolve this in a commander game horribly like, designed card what for the, is this for the, doing for yeah. the sake of gameplay yes <laughs> Isn't there another limb duel card? Is a black skeleton guy with like a book and his hands out like this? I think yeah. that's him. Yep, limb duel himself. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that's what people think the Raven Man is. I don't, I don't. I feel like that's really obscure. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure who it is. It's going to be interesting to find out. Uh, but last thing, the Onaki of Chandelar are the the alien spirits inside of the chain veil. They're the ones. They're sh- Chandelar is relevant. I hate Chandelar. Hmm. I'm going to say plane? right here, just the plane. I hate that. We go there. <laughs> I'm really glad corsets are gone, so we don't have to go back there. <laughs> like well, all, one of one of Magic's most favorite planeswalkers came there. Came from there. So who? Chandra. Isn't she from Chandelar? No. Oh, I got I got her. She's from, from she's from uh, Kaladesh. And yeah, Kaladesh is sick. Yeah, Chandra of Kaladesh. Yeah, it's got all the it's got yeah, like it's like the, the Thopter plane. Where the heck is Chandelar? Chandelar is the one that like the corset has been based on. It's like the the it's like. The Dominaria, Dominaria light. It's that, it's that well, so the problem light. with Dominaria is Dominaria is an apocalypse, is like a post-apocalyptic right. land, so it's hard to Toast. do like generic stories there. It's no, Sia sings about it, right? I want to swing on a chandelier, chan- right? No? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> hey, we're, okay, oh, we're going to back to Chandelar eventually, most likely. You're right. We probably there was a, from oh, Stark man. Maximum. In the, that corset, there was... One from each plane. Oh my gosh! I can't the six oh, mana. I'm with I'm with I'm with Siriu over here. Nine, nine, 1996. He wants to see Kaladesh also. That was probably my favorite of the new planes from Origins because you know they did the five different right. planes that we saw where two of the characters are from. Yeah, definitely the coolest one. All right, Avatars, what are you saying? That was it. The, um, in the course that they had Avatar Theros, Avatar of, yeah, yeah, Avatar yeah. Shandalar was the red one. Yes, and and the, it, it was originally going to be Avatar of uh, Tarkir. And it oh, should have been, interesting. but they last minute changed it to Chandelier. Mm. Reasons. Reasons. Mm. Got it. Interesting. Lame reasons. It's having to do with Theros. Right. Not, not fun. Not <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on storyline was uh, the Eldrazi. So this has kind of been the main storyline for the last two and a half years. Because um, people, love, people love War of the Worlds. They love like gigantic invasion aliens. Yeah, that's they, like, and like the Cthulhu level stuff yeah. oh, and all yeah. the Eldracor things. Yeah. And, you know, in general, Zendikar has this kind of sweet spot in everyone's hearts because it's where we all kind of came back to magic. Hmm. M10 followed by Zendikar is where they had the largest influx of new players in a long, long time. So, is that still the case or it just was for a couple of years? It feels like it's still been just like spiking like crazy. Every year it's 20%. I think it's the last year. I think last year it didn't go up that mm. high. Wow. They still went up, though. Yeah, they've gone up 300% since uh, Scars of Shards of Alara. I know. 300%. I came, that's a lot of players. Wow. That's awesome. I came back at the very Estimated. end of uh, New Phyrexia. Like, my Got first it. draft ever was a New Phyrexia draft. I had no idea what I was doing. And then ever since Innistrad, I've gone to every pre release. But I originally came in on. Um, Gerard and Volrath and right. the Tempest. Well, that's yeah, no. So. Tempest was when I first originally played. Yeah, and I stopped it, once Portal came. Not Portal. Uh, Unglued. Unglued got me to quit because Unglued is dumb. It's amazing. I, I never I never realized this early, but like you talk to people about magic and there's a very... And sorry, I'll just segue for a second. We'll get back to the story. But sure. there's a very consistent pattern. It's live cast. We can't control what's going on. When you talk to folks who used to play magic and it's a very, very consistent pattern, you pretty much can trace the most common point people will reference is 1997. People played in Tempest. They just, for whatever reason, Tempest was like that block 
it's the slivers, everything. That was the first time it. That uh, was right after Portal came out. It was the 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 first national super distribution around the country. So you find, and in my mind, I thought everybody had the same experience I did growing up, which was that I started at Fallen Empire's fourth edition. But that's because my older brother taught me to play in 1995. And you're from Seattle, right? So it was closer mm. to home. And in my mind, when I think about you talk to people who really played back in the day, they'll reference like, like Revise. Rarely do you meet somebody who played during Unlimited or Beta. You, revise is as old as it usually gets for people, but like the most common spot tends to be that Tempest block. Um, other than that, you talk to people who, like every, everybody who played back then fell off and came back somewhere in the last five years. Like that tends to just kind of be the story. I think it's so interesting though that like it's that same spot for everybody because they always say to you, I have a bunch of old Magic cards and you go, what year about were you playing? And if they're like, 97, you're like, you have nothing. And then they're like, and then they're like 94, you're like, you've got a ton of money in a box somewhere. It's called a dual land. Find it. <laughs> yeah, Mark Rosewater said that it's very common that uh, the average Magic player drops out for like nine years. Has a nine-year gap, and then they come back. And that's uh, maybe not average now. Well, I thought, I thought so much, that they but, play um, for seven years. I don't know. You might be right. Maybe. There is a gap. It's, yeah, com- yeah. it's very common for magic players to play, have a gap, and then come back. And so, uh, and for me, the reason why Tempest stands out so much is because of the story. Like they used to have little, almost like comic books yeah. that came in the box. In the box, you, yeah. you buy like a box of cards, and you have the rules, and then you have like a little book that has pictures and stories. And that's how I know and remember Gerard and Volrath right. and Squee and all those little guys. Well, it's, it's also the yeah. only time they ever did it. So you can actually line all the art up in Tempest, and it and and the flavor text and the art will actually tell the story the, of Tempest Block. The whole set. The whole set. Oh my god. There's also also a cool thing is um, they designed the legends from Invasion Block. The, the, all of the characters from the Skyship Weatherlight to all be like actually pretty sweet. Like they're all like, they're not like amazing, but they're all pretty sweet. So like there's a, there's the Sis, uh, Captain, Captain Sisse, which yeah. is Tutor's cool. legendary creatures because yep. she's a captain. Right, that's awesome. There's Hannah, ship's navigator. She has a really unique ability. She can get back uh, enchantments and artifacts from your graveyard, she's I think. She's a commander, right? For, for an artifact. All the, well, all of them are well, I know, but they reprinted her as yeah, like yeah, a foil yeah, nice yeah, yeah. commander. For, yeah. for like an activation, there's those two. She's, the, she's Bant, I think. Um, I know that when you, I know that when they made, uh, in the third set in that lock, Airtie the Corrupted, he's pretty sweet. Um, he's like, he's the Esper colored one. But uh, anyway, no, I just think it's cool. They, they did a good job in that time, like in those time with those characters for a few years of making, at least making the cards memorable, but they hadn't figured well, out was, exactly how to That was the first time yet. they ever tried doing, these are main characters, we're going to tell a story about it. Right. And to do it, they had to create the Weatherlight, the system that lets them travel from plane to plane because right. they are a multi-plane story. And uh, Planeswalkers are too strong. So. And uh, even that, Skyship Weatherlight was a cool card. The Legacy Weapon was a cool card. Yeah. Like those are all things that like I... Even though I didn't know what was going on, when I think about like that time, I definitely do get a sense. You know, Sisse's maneuver, I think, or right, Gerard's maneuver, Sisse's maneuver. There's there's cards that like reference what's going on. Right, right. Um, so anyway, keep going. So that's been happening recently. That's what Anguished I'm making is nice is cards telling what's going on in the story. Yeah, like back in the Pivotal day. Little moments, I think they call them. Yeah, something like that. Every set I think has four. Is what they're aiming for five four that five, that five. tell the actual story. They want you to be able to buy a box and have a sense of what happened. Right, right. Um, speaking of what's happening right now, the Eldrazi. So the actual Eldrazi story starts way back. And we never actually got this as a set. This was only really prevalent in the Commander set that had the Planeswalkers. Right. So this is what happened when Nahiri was printed. Okay. And this is the origin of the Eldrazi getting locked on Zendikar. So Ugin, yep. the Spirit Dragon. Yep. Soren, yep. who you know. And Nahiri, all together, locked the Eldrazi on Zendikar. 
Got it. Soren's able to, you know, use his draining magic to weaken them. Ugin's using the power of colorlessness to kind of stop them from how powerful using their powers. How, and then Soren. No, no, and then and Nahiri's uses her uh, ability to do stuff with rocks to. Got it. Called geomancy. <laughs> oh, geomancy. Cool. Lithomancy. Right? Lithomancy. Yeah. To create all the hedrons that create the prison for Got the hedrons. So, uh, because of his casting cost and the fact that he's like a giant sweet dragon, how powerful is Ugin in, in, in like contrast to like many of the other planeswalkers? Is he more powerful than most? He's more powerful than the new planeswalkers. He, than just I would anybody. say like, look at the converted mana cost, and okay. that's probably an idea of how powerful they are comparably to the other planeswalkers. Okay. Like if they're the meet each other, they would like one would. Like, Ugin could probably straight up murder everyone, but Nicol Bolas and Karn? Yeah, I mean, that's... Just right a pick, that's like... Pretty much it, yeah. Maybe, like... J- I mean, that was the whole... That was the whole Kanza Tarkir thing, was him getting in a tussle with Nicol Bolas and... Yeah, I'm trying to think who could winning. maybe take them on. Jace, maybe, just from, like, mind control is a broken ability. Well, if we're going off converted mana cost, and I guess that means Elspeth can probably almost... Because oh, she's sick. How, par- she's how powerful now. was <laughs> I, I know, I know. How powerful was gigantic Garrick when he when when he at that point in the story? He's pretty powerful because oh, he true. has like chain bell corruption that's plus true. his normal intended like I'm just bigger than everyone he's and a I monster. have a giant he's like axe. minus five destroy. He's like nine foot nine and yeah. like all muscle. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I like I like that Garrick a lot. All right, like Garrick and Karn, I feel like could could duke it out. Sweet. So, yeah, so I'm going to say, all right, so that start was so they, they locked the Eldrazi. Then. And why were the Eldrazi there in the first place? We even so the Eldrazi are just kind of like uh, Galactus. They're, yeah. Like they literally like based on Galactus. They're, as far as Ugin is concerned, this is the only person we have for information on this, they are an inherent part of how the universe deals with itself. They're a part of the universe's ability to digest and, and function, mm-hmm. which is what. Galactus is. Mm-hmm. Galactus is an inherent important part of how the universe exists in the Marvel universe. Got it. So so the Eldrazi though, they're they're like they're just like they're like nature. They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But they're like the most evil, like devouring parasitic form of nature there is. Yeah, so so the way the way they describe the Eldrazi in storyline to kind of get an idea of what they're actually are. So the Titans you see on cards yes. are actually not the Eldrazi. Correct. Got they're it. kind of like if I was in Eldrazi and the underwater, like a pond, right. was like the reality, and I'm in Eldrazi and like the Aether, which is above the pond, and I reached my hand down there. Okay. That's my hand is what kind of the Eldrazi are representative of. Exactly. I see. Yeah, the Eldrazi exist in the blind eternities, which is the space between planes, pretty yeah. much. So, oh, so when yeah, so when Ahiri locked him in there, she really didn't lock the full Eldrazi there. She just locked the Hands like the, well, it, it, it's <laughs> the, more like the head, the tentacles. Yeah, They're like sticking her head underwater. The idea of it was pretty much like uh, a monkey jar or a raccoon jar, whatever it's called. You see, like greedy animals, m- raccoons or monkeys, they'll stick their hand inside a jar and they'll grab a banana and then they can't take it out because right. they make a fist and won't let it go. So they basically are trapping the fist or the head or some physical representation of the Eldrazi on a plane, in this case Zendikar, so that that way they can't drift off and consume other planes. Right. Now, so do they you still th- exist, but they're just trapped. Do you think that the general, like, Eldrazi, the actual titans themselves are always very popular to Magic players? Sure. But this last, I didn't, I didn't feel that Battle for Zendikar and Oath of the Gatewatch was actually a particularly popular set, like relative to some of the most popular. Do you think it's likely that at some point we will see, we will go back there again and they'll escape again? Or do you think we've seen the last of them for a while? Well, well when, so we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So we're currently in first Zendikar block. So the plot of the original Zendikar block is Nyssa 
is racist at this point. But Nissa Worldwager? The, no, no, Nissa Revane. This is Nissa Nis, Nis, Revane. Revane. Who's the, really, the, one the elf that makes one. elves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, she is on the plane. Soren's on the plane. And they're trying, like, she's trying to, like, and she had a vision w- of the Eldrazi and is trying to, like, That's what get them off of her plan. Black Soren. Soren Mark. Black Soren. Yeah, yeah, original Soren. And so, like, they kind of go on an adventure to deal with that. Got it. At the same time, Chandra yep. stole the scroll. And the scroll had Ugin-style magic on it. It's okay. Like a, it's, it's written by Ugin. It's like a scroll of his. And she's traveling on, and Jace is trying to also get this scroll because someone told him to get it. I think it's the Ravnikans. I was going to say, yeah, his whole thing, he gets mixed up with Liliana on Ravnica, and she like enlists him to be part of some like spy organization right. or whatever that they end up taking down together. But that's, yeah. Yeah, it, for whatever reason, that, and that's what the dual deck was back in the day, the Chandra versus Jace it, was, was Jace and Chandra trying to get this scroll from each other in like a cat and mouse kind of deal. How does, how does Jace always, like, let me just ask you. It's cause, I know it's because he's the hero of the story. I know Jace is their favorite character. Like, I know so, that- so this is actually a really weird misconception. Jace happens to be two of the most powerful Planeswalkers ever printed. But Jace has only been the main character of a block twice. Ravnica block? The, the Return to Ravnica block. And Shadow Vanistrad. This is the second time Jace has been the main character of a block. He's only one other time been the main face of a set, and that was World Wake. So, but my so in eight years of Planeswalkers, Jace has been a main character two and a half times. But my point is, how does Jace manage to always get mixed up and have another version of himself printed in yet another story? If corsets. So Jace is the only pl- one of the only two Planeswalkers that's been in every single corset ever. And he's uh, corset doesn't have a, does to do with the story. Normally not. Not really. Got it. Yeah. Um, he's, Sometimes he's it, like Garrick's was like, pet, pet planeswalker pretty much because so many people love him. Like we're getting you know outside story. He's just relatable and that you know right that, that, he's, pick, that he's, picked on he's, kid that yeah. like rises up to be the hero. He's a kid who's like, oh, too smart me. for his own good. Yeah. Who is kind of reclusive and doesn't want yeah like he's so, a magic player. So then yeah. in the story, <laughs> if if they make a story for the movie, which that should be what we talk about at the end of the whole story because we can we can hypothesize. I think we do a whole. I think we could do a whole extra episode on the movie. But yeah, sure. Uh, would Jace be like he would end up? He would end up being Liu Kang, essentially? Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think, it's I a think, Mortal Kombat reference for those I think who don't know. Jace would be comparable to what Captain America or Iron Man are in the Marvel One movies. of the two major ones. They would yeah. just elevate him for the purpose of the movie to being like... I don't think it's even elevated. I think he just... He's, he is. he's no, that no, already. He is, yeah. I think he's that in yeah. the magic storyline, not to mention... Got it. Um, so, Jace... So, that Jace and Chandra are getting the scroll. Chandra comes to Zendikar. Okay. And Jace follows. And they eventually show up at the Eye of Ugin. Okay. Waiting at the Eye of Ugin at Nicol Bolas's behest is Sarkon. But now he's now he's Sarkon, Sarkon the, the Mad. Mad. So Sarkon's been chilling in the Eye of Ugin. So oh, he's I guess we could, okay. So we missed this part. Sarkon Vol. Before Zendikar even Nicol Bolas kills Ugin. Got it. Like right after Zen, uh, like right after they lock the Eldrazi, Nicol Bolas shows up. Kills Ugin. How, what Ugin's form dead. was Ugin in at that point? This is pre-mending. He was like an actual dragon. Both he of them are like super dragon. gods. Yeah. Got it. Like it like basically almost destroys the plane for both of them to die. At this point, Ugin's just by existing was like pooping out uh, storm clouds that birthed the dragons. And that's where all the dragons on Tarkir came from. Sweet. So that happened. Uh, Nicol Bloss kills Ugin. And that was like a battle of titans, like battle, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, was, like that, God, like that was like Optimus Prime fighting Megatron in the Transformers movie, exactly like, that. <laughs> God, okay, um, yeah. and then end scene. So now we're now we're now we're at the Eye of Ugin. Sarkon is stuck in there, and Ugin is basically ghost has been talking to him for driving him crazy, like a year driving him crazy. So he goes mad. So he's hearing voices and he's going mad. So Chandra shows up with Jace, mm. and the three of them start fighting each other. 
Sarkon becomes a giant dragon. Chandra uses ghost fire magic, okay. which is Ugin's colorless. type of magic, colorless right. magic. Right. And Jace does JC things. Oh, As cool. Yeah. The card ghost fire? That's what Boom. that's from? That's, yeah, that's yeah. Ugin's, that's Ugin's Ugin magic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah. Um, and all said and done... The fact that he had a colorless mage, a dragon, colorless fire, a dragon, plus three planeswalkers all in one place, unlocks the Eldrazi. Got it. At the same time, Nissa and Sauron, Sauron on their little adventure, Nissa somehow convinces Sauron to let her blow up what's holding the Eldrazi locked onto Zendikar, allowing two of them to leave. Okay. And that is Zendikar block. Okay. Sarkon, then in his madness, starts looking for Ugin. Because like, Sargon has to be alive. Where is he? And Sarkon, who's mad, that's why his ability is he has the random factor of I draw a card, but I like kill myself by being by being too greedy because I'm crazy. Or I can like I can like make something into a dragon, right. but I can also make something right. So you can destroy things and turn them into dragons. Well, so Sarkon Sarkon's storyline from the beginning is Sarkon is a dragon mage. And so Sarkon started on Con and Cons. Uh, on Tarkir, right. and there's no dragons anymore. And right. he's like, oh man, I really want to see some dragons. And then his spark happens, and he ends up on uh, Junt in uh, in one of the shards of Alara. Got it. And there he's like, oh man, dragons, these are sweet. But they're all like, he's looking for like the smart dragons of his 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 world, and these dragons are much more just like angry sky beasts. He's kind of like a crazy male Khaleesi in some ways. Yes, Got exactly it. that. <laughs> so on this plane, he eventually... Eventually sees Nicol Bolas. He's Got like, it. "Oh man, Nicol Bolas! This is the guy. This is my dude. This is the dragon. This of dragons. is this is the dragon of dragons. I'm gonna worship him." And so, in that, you know, manipulating him, Nicol Bolas then sends him to the Eye of Ugin to try and get him to open it because he knows that you need a dragon mage there to Got help it. open it. Um, which happens. Then Sarkon's like, "Oh man, but." He, you know, he realizes that Nickel Boss is kind of a problem because Ghost Ugin's like being like, yo, dog, get out of there. killed me. <laughs> yeah. So he then goes back to Tarkir because Ugin kind of leads him there. Got it. And him and Soren, in a Marty McFly kind of way, get sent back in time. Got it. So like he realized that Ugin is dead. He finds the crypt of Ugin. But using Ugin's dead body, him being super god dragon right. dude when he died, is able to travel back in time right before the battle between Nicol Bolas and Ugin. And that's Sarkon that's Triumphant? That's Forge. Oh, yeah. Or Sarkon the, the... No, Sarkon's not there yet. That's when Ugin shows up. That's the first time we get the Ugin card, is Fate Reforged. But when Sarkon travels back in time, I will get, that's, I'll, I will get to, that's Team or Sarkon? No, no, no. So, so the one that travels back in time is Sarkon Dragon... Slayer? Speaker, uh, speaker? The red dragon. dragon speaker. Speaker. The red one. The red, the mono red Got one. It. Got it. So he's there. He shows up. He goes back in time. He kind of falls in love with Narset before going back in time. Oh. Goes back in time. Saves Ugin. Okay. Basically, Nicol Bolas kills Ugin. Yep. But like before he dies, he uses a piece of a hedron, cra- hedron that he still has. Not right. a hedron crab, just straight yeah. up hedron. <laughs> he mills him three times every place land. No, uh, he and then he, he latches it onto Ugin. It forms a space cocoon, okay. and Ugin yeah. heals himself over the next thousand years. Exactly. Uh, Sarkon then, because time magic is ripped out of time and put back onto modern day Tarkir. Got it. All the dragons are back because instead of Ugin dying and the storms going away, Ugin's been like napping, but the storms have been going crazy, hmm. which is where the new elder dragons came from. And Ugin's back, and Narset is now a planeswalker. Got it. Her spark left, and now, and that is where Blue Teamer uh, oh, Sarkon Sarkon came from. So Sarkon has been every color combination but white. 
Sarkon Unbroken is nice. one of is is like yeah, he was red green on Junt because he, he was all like animal dragons, and then he was mad, so he was like red black, and then he was mono red. He, and might, then now be he's one, he might be one of my favorite Sarkons, just like or Sarkon might be one of my favorite planeswalkers, just for the sake of like I just kind of like his role in the story. I also just like his cards in general, though none of them are ever powerful enough to actually be played in a format that I like. Oh, they're, you like yeah. yeah, yeah, like they're all like too expensive or cumbersome. And even we even talked about this for modern, like Sarkon Unbroken's a sweet card, but like it doesn't do anything you can't already get just with a better card. Yeah, right. But it's just like close. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's really close. And Teamer's a sweet color combination. No, I, I like I like I like Sarkon for this reason because of the story. He's basically Marty McFly, so he's Marty McFly, Ugin's Doc Brown, and now he's traveled back in time. Man, I'm a fan. Yeah, Narset's the actress who got replaced in the second Back to the Future <laughs> movie. If anyone on the Twitch stream knows who the actress is, let us know. Um, I'm thinking, but so that happens. So now Ugin's back, right? Ugin goes. Now that he's back, it's like, oh man, the Eldrazi are back. He goes back to, to Zendikar, and he's chilling in the Eye of Ugin, being like, oh, what happened? Meanwhile, Gideon's like, yo, we need to kill these Eldrazi. Right. And he's Gideon like, came from... Rise Eldrazi. He showed up fighting the Eldrazi. He just was a random... No, so, he, so Gideon starts off in Theros, and he was a troubled youth, and he got put in prison for reasons. Uh, there is, he learned how to use his... I'm indestructible. His power, Hyromancy, yeah. Hyromancy. How did he? How could he start magic. in Theros if Theros happened like years after? No, no, no. So, no, no. So his first planeswalker card is Rise of Eldrazi. Yeah, right. He shows up. He's finally Eldrazi. He's a badass knight dude. Has got like a cool Saral, which is like metal whips that come out of your hand. Oh yeah. Um, indestructible dude. Then we find out a magic origins his storyline, which yeah. is from Theros originally. Right. Got uh, it. He was all about. That's um, Kithion. Kithion. Exactly. And so right. he goes off on a, on a quest to basically... Well, so um, Tragic Arrogance is him thinking that he could kill Erebos. And Erebos is like, nope. And like just kills all of his buddies. And so when he looks around and sees that... All of his friends are dead. Yeah, because he's indestructible, right? So he goes all like, you know, turtle shell. Right. And all his friends die. He looks around. He realizes that it was completely his fault. And he gets warped to Bant. Yeah, his spark ignites. And he planeswalks for the first time to Bant. And then that's why we see... So his first printed card is back... There, even though his origin, and that's where the like. So basically, Gideon is his name with an accent that's not Therosian. Got it. So Kithion is Theros accent. Gideon is Gideon. Uh, Alara block accent. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Which a lot of people have a problem with, and I'm uh, like, it took me a while to settle on this, but I'm pretty sure just like he grew up. Like I have friends who are Indian or even Turkish who have like their name. That are said a certain way, but Harder because names. so many people say it this certain way, they're just like, fine, this is like, my yeah, name. And then yeah, that's, that's how they introduce it to people. Yeah. So, like, I had a friend, Hari, and his name is actually Harui, oh, but he goes by Hari because no it. one's ever going to get that. And I had a, you know, so that's, it's yeah, kind of like okay, that cool. is the way I'm going to say yeah, it. Yeah. It, it. It went down, and, and then the spelling is because oh, cool. you're translating planes to English. Like, none of that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Right. <laughs> they, they, they just wave that away. But so, so that's that yeah, so that's where he comes from and his whole thing is like he white planeswalker, right? Protection, like uh, yeah, right. the army and all Order that. And, exactly. Yeah. So he's all like, Hey, we have a responsibility as planeswalkers, we can do what nobody else can do. We can travel from plane to plane and we can defend them from you know things that they can't defend themselves from. And so he takes it upon himself to cleanse Zendikar of these Eldrazi and he starts doing everything he can to enlist the other planeswalkers to come help him. And some are more apt to do it than others. Uh, obviously, Nissa's on board because it's her plane. Right. And then he somehow ropes Jace into it, and then Chandra 
eventually comes around. She originally was like, no, I'm going to go off and do my own thing. Well, Chandra, Jace feels like, obligated because he's the cause of it. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Him and, and Chandra kind of is the same deal. Chandra comes back and she's like, oh, man, I guess this was my fault. So it turns out, actually, that from a storytelling standpoint, Magic Orange is like one of the coolest things that's ever happened. It, it consolidated I really a lot it. I really liked it because yeah. it, it gave you the history. You see the demon, you see the demonic pact, you see Kithian's origins, you learn about Jace and why he's all like cool and uh, Chandra. And who's the other one? I just... Kithy and Sean, and then Liliana, the Nissa. Yeah, and so oh. we got Nissa. Yeah, we got Nissa. Who's really thing. boring? Got it. Yeah, she kind of is, but cool. She needs. They, they they gave her a character flaw, and it's really, really, really not going to work as a main character for them. Which is she's a racist. Just like straight up. <laughs> in in the first time you see Nissa, she's like kind of a villain, straight up racist. Huh. And they kind of retconned that, so she's no longer racist. But by retconning that, now she's just kind of. Just uh, the professor Flat. from Tolarian yeah. Community College okay, did yeah. really good videos of him interviewing each of the main five planeswalkers. Got it. Uh, Jimmy Wong, who from yeah. the Command Zone, is actually Jace oh. in these five videos. Cool. Um, and goes over their like character flaws. And the Nissa one's really good because she's yeah. like, I'm perfect and I love trees. And he's like, you're a racist. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that one was good. That's my Nissa imitation. Got it. <laughs> um, but, okay, so... Ugin's there. Yeah. Eventually, Gideon gets all these guys to join in. They, Jace finds out from Ugin that uh, Ugin's like, no, don't kill the Eldrazi. Right. They're important for right. the reality of the world. We don't know what that will cause. And Jace is like, well, I, I can't think of anything else. Nah. Everything we've tried doesn't work. So, we'll so they, just... they, they try to trap them, and then the demon guy. Is it actually, is he, cor- is he, is he correct, or is Ugin being like influenced by the evil? I think Ugin's correct. Yeah, so oh. yeah, so Ugin's thing was to trap them again, right? So again, the whole keep the fist here so they can't drift things. So they come up with this whole hedron network that they right. align, right? So the hedron alignment, all that stuff. And, uh, That's a card. Yep, it was going to work. Network, I know. It was going to work, and they were pushing the last one in place and everything, and our boy Obnixilis, like, oh, hey, there's a perfect opportunity for me to get my spark Obnixilis back. both steals all of the energy to get his spark back yep. while also calling Kozilek yeah. <laughs> wow. at the what? same time, who was underground. What a D-bag. And so they're like, well, we're not going to be able to do this, but like Jace being like, oh, I know where the ley lines are. Mm-hmm. Nissa, you channel them. Yep. And then she's like, all right, got the ley lines working together. I'm going to pull all of the Eldrazi into, instead of them being just their heads in, they, right. they like bring them fully onto the plane. Got it. And then Chandra's like, I'm going to use this ley line magic to blow them up. And then Gideon's like, I'll make sure the other Eldrazi don't kill you. Which gotcha. is kind of boring, but whatever. Hey, every role's important. Yeah, every role's important. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's how the two Titans were killed. So, okay, in, in this universe, like... Uh, just the the story of magic and all of this because sure. it's all like it's very it's like uh, it's extremely uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, uh, archetypal it is but I'm yeah. looking for something else um, but the whole good and evil is very clearly pronounced sure so is there like well, a have different versions I mean the Eldrazi aren't really evil they're just mindlessly hungry and then the Phyrexians are more classically evil in a sense that they want to convert everyone to right. the way of life and so like okay in the sense that Nicobolas like is very I am the only important thing in the world which is kind of the classic sense of evil but so yeah. but like in, in the sense that like one ring to rule them all type of thing what's the what's the ultimate evil like what's the right now if we were to peg something I would go with Nicobolas yeah so he, I, he, he's I would essentially say, Sauron yeah, like if you look at like different archetypes, like the Joker is. I mean, this is going into I guess um, well, D and D like character trait charts where there's like yeah, chaotic right. good, right, right. chaotic evil, chaotic neutral. The Joker is chaotic evil, right. and there really isn't a great analog to the Joker. But Nicol Bolas is the like I am 
going to, I will kill anyone, do anything I want to make me the most powerful person, which is kind of what our classic definition of evil. Because he's a dictator. He's like, he's very Trump-esque. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's straight up, he's Sauron. He's just yeah. 100% Sauron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, okay. Um, versus, like, I, I would say the Eldrazi are much more comparable to um, Galactus, I guess. I mean, that, it's literally what they Got are. It. But I'm trying to think of a good uh, Lord of the Ringsy. Nah, just keep going. Cause... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, kill the two Eldrazi. Then, Jace, on the behest of Ugin and Sorin. Well, so Ugin, like, when he first shows up, sends Sorin to go find Nahiri. Because he's like, okay, Sorin, you, me, and Nahiri need to fix this. Right. We need to trap these Eldrazi. So Sorin goes off to find Nahiri. Then Jace is like, hey, help me defeat these guys. And he's like, no, I'm waiting for Sorin and Nahiri. And Jace is like, okay, I'm going to do this anyways with my own buddies. Peace. Who are his, and who are his buddies that he gets? The on Gatewatch. The Gatewatch. Miss, uh, oh, got Gideon. it. Okay, okay. Chandra. Uh, Chandra. So for the watch, <laughs> exactly. The Gatewatch is basically everything's Game of Thrones. Yeah. I was actually really sad there wasn't a legendary wall in Kansa uh, Tarkir block. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> no, Kansa, I mean Kansa Tarkir block was basically Game of Thrones of the story. Uh, but moving. <laughs> Moving beyond that, we're going towards... All right, Shadow of Inishra block. Jace then goes looking for Soren because Soren has disappeared. Soren goes to his home plan, and Nahiri is messing it up. Yeah, so what's going on here is originally they had this deal, right? We had Ugin, Soren, Nahiri, um, and they were the original ones who trapped the Drazi, stuff like that. And so Nahiri is from Zendikar, and she's like, all right, I'm going to stay here and monitor things. If anything happens, I'm going to call you guys, and you come help me. Got it. And they're like, all right, cool, not a problem. So Soren goes off and does his thing. Uh, and what his thing is, is he goes to Innistrad, and he does the whole balance of power. You know, he creates Avacyn uh, because the vampires are going crazy and eating everything, and so Avacyn needs to be there to kind of keep things in check. That took a lot of his power, so he kind of goes into hibernation mode. You know, he, right. I don't know, he's a vampire, so he lays down in a crypt somewhere and, like, chills out. Um, and because he did that and he set up some wards or whatever, the theory, well, what he thinks happened is he didn't get the message. And here he said, help, help, help. Well, Ugin was dead. Right. And Soren was in sleep mode, so he didn't get the message. And so after the Eldrazi are all trapped and stuff like that, she goes, well, that's not cool. You promised. You said you are going to come, and you didn't come. So she goes off to Innistrad to find him, figure out what's going on. And yeah, so that's why she starts wreaking havoc on his plane because she's like, I'm going to do to your plane what happened to my plane. You're talking about Avison? No, 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 this oh, is Nahiri. Nahiri goes gotcha, over gotcha, there and okay, be like, gotcha, gotcha. hey, like, you didn't come to hell when my plane got rocked by these Eldrazi, so I'm going to rock your plane. And, and she's off on, she's off rampaging. So can I ask a question? Sure. Where the heck is Ajani in all this? What happened so, to him? Okay, so Ajani... Where did he start and where, like, why is he just irrelevant? He has like seven printings. I have, I have two, two, two things on this. One, Ajani is a little bit less involved because he's too expensive to make in a movie. He's a cat. They won't admit to it, but he's, he's definitely a more expensive character to be a main character versus a supplemental character. He'd be so sweet if he was... He's re- going to be in it, but they're basically establishing that Ajani is now Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. Okay. So Ajani is older than everyone. Ajani, like, Ajani Vengeant happened a long time ago. Right. And so he's, like, aging. He's, yeah. like, he, like, back in his prime, he was fighting it. So Ajani went and helped Elsbeth during right. her, during Theros block, which we're, I don't think we're going to get into two and two yeah. today because it's, it's yeah. a really insular story. Yeah. Um, really cool. But Ajani is basically on Theros, chilling with all the cat people, the Leonin on Theros, figuring his things out. He's like, and like his later printings when he's like old and grizzled and like, he kind of reminds he's me. He's the mentor of heroes. He, he, he kind of reminds me of. Also known as 
Obi-Wan Kenobi. He or also, Gandalf. He could be a Gandalf. He also just kind of like reminds metaphor. me of the way that Denzel Washington looks in the Book of Eli. Like just that feeling of like sort of grizzled and walking like walking <laughs> the world with like a backpack and like, you know, the knowledge to like take people down. But like, yeah, anyway. Uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's where he is and all this. And again, the Thero story, pretty cool, but very insular. So um, yeah, so back on Innistrad, and oh, and that's why a lot of people theorize that uh, you know, Emrakul is the big baddie of Innistrad causing all the madness because again, you can do, you can follow the whole you know the whole clue thing? Yes. Well I don't know it, but I mean I, Yeah, I, so all so the um, the Tamio's journal Flavor text is yep. different in different printings and different languages, stuff okay. like that. And the number, it says entry, and it's a three, it's a three number entry. It'll say like two, four, six, or whatever. Got it. And if you go look at all the clues, all the clue tokens have a, um, a different flavor text. And okay. each one has a different number of letters. So oh. the, the entry basically tells you, all right, the first number tells you which clue to go look at. It's, let's say the first number is five. So you go find the clue that has five words in its flavor text, and then the next two numbers tell you which word it is and where it falls into the... the oh, it's the like end, a sweet puzzle. The gotcha. encode or whatever. And the encode is, remember, they came in three. Which is, which is a flavor text from a card in Battle for Zendikar block where Ugin is talking to Jace, and he says Got that. It. Here's the deal. Emrakul is coming. Got it. Because yeah, because we only have gotten one version of Emrakul. So how are we going to get Emrakul in, in another on another? Well, well, so, well, so, so Planeswalker. So, so, so Eldrazi are the only other thing other than Planeswalkers that can travel between planes because they don't live on planes. They live in the space in, the in space between, between them. planes. Blind eternity. And Emrakul's abilities are to make people mad. She's a right. she where Kozilek affects gra- gravity and reality. Right. And um. Kozilek consumes. Emrakul affects minds and biology. Ulamog. Ulamog consumes. Kozilek is a mattery shaper, right? right? So he does all the gravity like stuff. Gravity, reality right. is warping around right. his... And then Emrakul is madness. So that's why it's like, oh, well, obviously, you know, the madness guy is causing the... So that's why they think the only thing powerful enough to make an angel go mad is Emrakul. So are we thinking that we're getting... We're going to get... Emrakul in the next set. Emrakul will be a flip card in the next set. So here's what I think is so take 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 a look at take a look at uh, uh, Nahiri. Yeah. Right? Um, one of her abilities is exile target tap creature artifact or enchantment. Right. Like why on earth do we need to like exile enchantment or artifacts? Like that's not really relevant. Yeah. Right. So we think that there might be something in the next set that basically it might be like a call. Like, well, like, so like so wait, okay. If you look at the cards, and so she could be because she's a harbinger, right? The harbinger, right? So like, she's she comes before the great destruction, you know. And the idea is she also plays really well with Emrakul, right. old Emrakul, because her two abilities yeah. are discard a card, so you can if it's in your hand, you can get rid of it, yep. draw a new one, and then her ultimate is the put it from your deck into play, right? Uh, uh, like her 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 literal ultimate ability is get finding Emrakul. She like and, and like her plus play, ability works really well with madness too and right. discarding him so he reshuffles. Yeah. yeah I get um it. on top of that the cryptolith. So right. if you look at all the Innistrad cards almost all of them have these little like they look like slivers almost yeah, but right. they're made out of rocks. Like, tentacle looking things. And the idea is it's Nahiri making those to call Emrakul to I see. Innistrad. Okay. And it's on its way, causing all of this madness to happen. So that's where we're at in the story right now. That's where yeah, we're literally so, at today. Yeah, so what's going on is Jace is over here trying to find out what's going on. And so following the story right now, it's like, here's a story over here. Here's a story over here. And eventually, you know, they're probably going to bring it all together. Like right now, I have no idea why they even spent a chapter on the Gitrog monster. But he got an entire story all to himself. Well, they do that, they do that where they do... 
especially in the like the, the Wizards has said the first couple weeks, especially during the release, are a lot more world building stories. Okay, and the stories between the two sets coming out are much more. Um, Continuation of plot stories. Oh, is this all Uncharted Realms stuff? You're yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so. So that's where the once a week Uncharted come Realms comes out. It's a it's a story. It's literally a continuation of the story. Sometimes right. it's a small story. Did they stop making books? Yeah. Yes. Oh. They stopped making books five years ago. Got it. Okay. I yeah. see. I've paid no attention to any of this, so I didn't really know. Like, isn't Agents of Artifice is the last book, and that's from Shards of Alara yeah. block. Got it. And they also said because not everybody reads Uncharted Realms, that's why they wanted to put a lot of the story in the cards. So that's why you're going to have key cards. Things like uh, Tamio's journal, for example, so you can kind of see, oh, hey, there's uh, Jay's getting the journal. Um, so, the, like, the pivotal cards in this set are obviously Anguish on Making is one of them. Yep. Um, what's the judgment? Avacyn's Judgment. Yep. Because yep, she, she comes in, like, fighting Jace and stuff. At, you wouldn't call Avacyn a key card? The fact that she flips and she's like a. No, no, she's a character card. Character cards are different. Yeah, than so these are pivotal. Moments. Oh, I see. These I see. are pivotal moments of the story. Okay. So, like, in, in Battle for Zendikar block, the two, there's the one that. Uh, all things lose hexproof and indestructible. Right. The green enchantment, and that's yep. like Nissa using her ability to make it so they can kill the planeswalkers. I and see. then there's the Chandra surge card that does X damage to things, and that's Chandra killing both of the planeswalkers. Okay, uh, both of the Eldrazi. Is that um, Titan's Forge? Titan Forge? Titan's Fall. No, no, Titan's, Titan's Fall. Fall. Yeah. Like um, this one, it's uh, Avacyn attacking Jason, Tamio, uh, Soren killing Avacyn. Um, three before that. Those are towards the end. My phone's dead. I can't look up cards. <laughs> uh, anyone on the chat? No. Tell us. While, while I bring up some fun facts. So the one thing is, cool things about Nahiri, she's the person who trained the Stoneforge mystics. Oh. Yeah. So she's not, she is a Stoneforge mystic, but in the sense that she's the person responsible for, like, all Stoneforge mystics are practicing the art of Nahiri's lithomancy. I see. Um, other fun facts from the chat that I might want to bring over. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, uh, Liliana is older than a Johnny. Someone asked. Oh. So, Mel- she's Melisandre. Who? Yeah. Lady Melisandre? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler. Uh, she's old. <laughs> Real old. Yeah. Um, but, right now, there are four Gate- Gatewatch members. The other yeah. thing to keep in mind is, during the Comic-Con storyline announcement for Magic Origins and Battle for Zendikar, because they used to, they announced the fall set at Comic-Con every year. Right, right. Um, or they announced a lot of information from the fall set. They basically said the magic origins are our five main characters. Okay. Then Gatewatch came out six months later and they were like, all right, now we're forming the Gatewatch, which is our team of planeswalkers. But there was only a green, white, blue, and red one. Okay. Liliana is that fifth Gatewatch member. Okay. I would I would bet a pack war with you on the next live stream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that Liliana will have a gate an oath an oath, oath card Liliana? Oh, oh, there will man. be an oath of Liliana in uh, the next set and that's because we didn't you get a black so? well, we didn't get yeah. a black we didn't get a black sure. oath card yeah i think i think two things will happen i think Liliana will help defeat Emrakul in return Jace will help Liliana figure out her her business with okay. the the chain veil they used to be a thing you know and the, i did you know yeah like every I time they have a story there's a lot of like romance like, a lot between of, like, the two of them going on i'm right. like what the, i'm like do they used to be a thing and people were like oh yeah they, they used to be like a thing which is kind of weird it's like when like a 65 year old dude's dating a 20 year old you're a like, walker doesn't matter it's completely different well <laughs> so it, it is always interesting you talk about that, that so there was no black oath and that's obviously intentional when they do something like that they they don't ever make Liliana is 9000 years old they don't ever, over 9000 they don't ever make mm. like four out of a, four four pieces out of a five piece cycle oh, and that's then, true. And then, so so we'll be 
because but there is actually one interesting example of this, and this is in the previous Innistrad, and this is a, this is the fact that they made a there's there's Diagraph Captain who's blue black. Oh, the four the four. There's, uh, yeah, there's lords. uncommon lords. There's Immerwolf, which is green red. There's uh, the uh, vampire one, which is black red, and then there's Stormcrick Noble. What Stormcrick Noble? No, it's not Noble. It's Stormcrick Captain. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. that's that's the black red one, and then we're the, basically the one that's missing. I'm for oh, and the, the blue the blue white one is Drogskull Captain. Yeah. But yeah, humans is missing. They never made a green white human captain in Uncommon, which I always thought was so weird, but I realized it was part of the story. Right, and then because I, I wondered if it was because. They had well, made no, Mare of Aberbrock as a rare in the previous set, and humans were supposed to be represented as possible. Uh, no, no they're, they're, the intent behind it was always, and, and specifically and especially in that set, yeah. uh, was about making it feel like the humans were isolated. So Humans versus So yeah. in the first set in Innistrad Block, it was like, the monsters are coming in, they're rising. And that's why you got four... The, you know, the humans were a little bit singular, but in that set, it was all about like, no, no, the humans are about to go extinct. So right. they don't have a lord because right. all of the monsters are winning. Got right. it. Um, right. That was pure, that is a story. So you can argue that there's no black pack because of storylines, but they've, they've said the magic origins, planeswalkers, are their main you mean characters. Oath, no black oath, yeah. yeah. Correct. Got yeah, it. Oath. The, And with that in mind, we're most likely getting, uh, I'm, uh, Liliana will join the oath at the end of Eldric Moon and then, in response, the next set will probably be trying to figure out how to save Liliana from the Chainville or whatever. Yeah. So which which planeswalkers are we getting? You guys keep in talking. The next I, set? I desperately have to blow my nose, so just keep going. Which yeah. planeswalker are we getting in the next set? Yeah. For sure Liliana. And then the Tamio? question is, do we get Tamio? I think we might get just one. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because they gave us, what, four, four in this one? one yeah. Instead of three and two? They might. If we get two, it'll be her and Tamio. That means we've got two blue planeswalkers, which like means we won't get another blue planeswalker. Liliana's going to be a blue too. No, no, Tamiya's blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jace is blue. Oh, oh you say they would the give us two in the block. Yeah, yeah, yeah which, which might, never yeah, happens. So Tamiya would have yeah. to be two colors, mm-hmm. and I don't think she's blue-white. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's blue-red. I don't think she's blue-black. I don't think she's blue-green. So she, yeah, she's kind of mono-blue, blue, straight up, yeah. which makes okay. it really unlikely. I think Tamiya's going to be kind of like Ugin, where Ugin showed up all over Battle for Zendikar block, but we didn't actually she's, get a card. She's like art and everything. But yeah, yeah, but so it was Ugin. Um, here we go. Key moments in Shadows of Innistrad. Descend upon the sinful where the angels go crazy and they swoop down and they start purging the earth of sin. So that's Descend upon the sinful. Tamiel's journal where uh, Jace goes and finds you know, what's going on. Tamiel's journal. Yeah, right. why, why are the angels going crazy? There's that one. Uh, Epiphany at the Drown Yard where he goes to um, the shore and he finds all the cryptolists pointing to this one spot. And there's all these cryptolists in a circle and he goes out there. The tides are going crazy. So he thinks it's some kind of moon magic and there's like zombies and all these stuff just kind of like Chilling. Yeah, chilling. And, and um, angels circling overhead. So there's just all this weird stuff going on. Uh, anguish Unmaking, where Soren has to undo his creation, much to my chagrin because Avacyn is my favorite. And then Engulf the Shore, um, which we haven't got there yet, but they bolded that as a key moment in Shadows of Innistrad. So those are uh, also in the fat pack. If you get the if you get a fat pack for Shadows of Innistrad, they have um, that book inside. That and has, it has all five keys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which um, I think is slightly different than this list here. But yeah, they have it there. So this is in response to Haberdashed, who uh, commented, "I still think we might get Liliana the Veil reprint in Eldric Moon, uh, or Eternal Masters, because Mara said that he wanted to reprint her in M15, but Mono Black was already dominating standard. So here's the deal: they have basically said officially, as an official status on multiple places, including Mara, that they are no longer reprinting in standard high power level cards from Modern, as okay. a blanket rule ever." And that's an issue. Internal Masters is completely likely, and I wouldn't be surprised if she's in Internal Masters, but she's 100% not going to be 
in L three. So powerful modern staples will not see will not be printed in yeah, standard. Basically, and it says we don't they have tried it with Thoughtseize okay, and it was a giant mistake. Hmm. Okay. So we just they just need to keep making eternal reprint sets, which is fine because then they have sweet limited formats right, that we it, get to play. The, like most, we're gonna get you know right now we're getting two draft sets this summer plus the from the vaults plus commander sets plus oh, dual yeah. decks. Like there's a lot from of the stuff vault, that they Lord. now can reprint stuff in, uh, and I think they're gonna make more of a concerted effort to accomplish that in those places. Got but it. we're gonna see what happens. Actually, Chaz Andres, friend of the cast, uh, previous guest, did a really good article on this today. It's on Star City Games Premium. Hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll use your account. There's definitely, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely worth reading uh, once it becomes free in a couple months or a couple weeks. Um, so that's that's kind of it for the storyline that we're going to go over today. We kind of went over most of them, um, so we'll probably take a little bit break. I do want to jump in the friction as we get to that those kind of storylines. Uh, I do want to ask while we do our sign offs because right before we do anything, uh, I think we might have some questions, and if they do, we'll we'll answer them. But uh, where can people find you guys? For me, I'm uh, at Sean Penrod on Twitter, and you'll see my smiling face there, which is pretty much branded everywhere, so you can find, find that. And my podcast is MTG Pro Tutor, where I interview you know professional magic players and stuff like that. But relevant to this discussion today, I actually put out episode one of Shadows Over Innistrad. I released in a special edition called magicthestory.com. You can go to magicthestory.com, and that's where you can find the, the highly produced um, rendition of magic lore so if you like this discussion then definitely go check that out because it's really sweet we have nice sound effects it really brings the story to life it's like a movie in your mind cool yeah uh yeah and that's and, and that's the thing that like as you said before there's uh there's an option to continue funding it per, sort of per episode so if you sure. guys listen and you think sure. it's really cool um it's this sort of a thing except you can really get into the story and uh give it a chance because i mean i enjoyed listening and learning i hope i didn't make too many dumb jokes but uh it's it's interesting stuff. I mean, there's there's good good story, and it's they're doing a good job now. I think with developing it, and making it much more interesting than they used to, uh, and clearer. So uh, you guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. I uh, as well as do this. I have an action movie podcast that streams live at three o'clock on Wednesdays, and I do a bunch of after shows and press coverage for things that happen. So I'll be covering all the press for Preacher on AMC coming up, uh, interviewing all the cast and Seth Rogen and everybody this week. And uh, I cover like Fear the Walking Dead and The 100 and various other shows at AfterBuzz TV. So follow me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media and you'll see what I do. Uh, you can follow me at, at Kess Wiley. Uh, I generally rant a lot about Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Magic the Gathering. Just rant. I'll argue with anyone over it. It's like my <laughs> favorite thing is picking fights with people on the internet. You, this is Not like, in a trolley way, like in a, just like I like discussing how right I am on stuff. Like sometimes I'll need to call <laughs> Alex for work. I'll be like, hey, so you know, I have this and he doesn't answer his phone. I'm like, I can't believe he's just not responding to text or answering. So then I'm going to just create like a proxy account on Twitter and like start engaging him about Game of Thrones in the middle of his work day because he can't resist. He like can't, <laughs> he can't help himself. Wait, have you actually done this? No, no. Okay. This is what I should do though and I can't get to hold of you because I know you're paying attention, but only to those things. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Not as much. I'm really busy. I mean, that's the other thing. If, if you guys want to uh, find you know, my website, I guess at, uh, it's kest.co, but if you go to kest.co slash GOT, you can actually find the Game of Thrones game I made and, and sent out on the internet for free, so you can try that out. It's sweet. sweet. Uh, and uh, make sure to follow the podcast or at the MMCast. You should follow our sister podcast, Just In Life. Go subscribe to them. They're the command zone. At rocketjump.com. And of course, we have a Patreon. Uh, our, our continued growth of this podcast and additional content is helped greatly by you guys pitching in this and helping exists. us there. This was live because of you. We had a blue microphone because of you. This will have a YouTube video version because of you guys, Patreon There's going to be video video streaming, actual video streaming versions of these coming in the future. Sure. That is because of you guys. So we just are going to continue expanding and ramping up and doing more. Um, but, you know, we have to 
continue paying people and buying things to help make that happen. So uh, if you guys want to help, we literally can't do it any other way. This is the only income stream the podcast has. <laughs> right. And I guess the last important thing is make sure to keep an eye on us for at GPLA. We're going to be doing stuff. Keep an eye on Twitter, Facebook, all these places we mentioned. You'll get to find cool stuff. We'll be doing cool, awesome content there of some sort. Yep, it'll be awesome. Uh, last but not least, we only got one question in the meantime, is what about Cavernous Souls? This is from Gabby573. I actually think that's the highest likely reprint for this set. It doesn't do anything negative, the standard. It just makes the tribe slightly more playable, which I think is fine. So its power level isn't going to be that damaging to the format. You mean Eldridge Moon will have Cavern of Souls? I think it could have Cavern of Souls. Mm, that'd be nice. It's from Avison, so it's from the plane. Yeah. That's where it originally was. Yeah. It plays with a lot of the you know the themes that they're going with. And it does, like making counter magic worse isn't necessarily something Wizards is like, oh man, we can't do that. So right. I, right. I definitely could see it being yeah, a card really that they sweet. reprint. That would be really sweet. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool. Someone, the question, someone's guys. listening because of you. All right, I'm going to stop the recording, but we're not going to stop the stream. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator. <laughs>